Good afternoon and welcome to this Monday of Holy Week. And our theme for the week is Shaking Things Up, based off the Matthew reading from the Triumphal Entry where the whole city was sio or shaken up or in turmoil. And we're going to see that word again at the end of this week because anytime God arrives on the scene and is fully present and speaking and moving and at work, things get shaken up, sometimes literally, sometimes figuratively, um, but always things get shaken up. And so we're invited into that this week to let this week shake us up. And although this, this is an entirely different way that we're practicing this week than, than I've ever experienced because we're doing all of it online and not in community, that in itself offers us an opportunity to, to be shaken up in a way that can be wonderful and life-giving. And so I encourage us amidst the tragedy and the terrible things that are happening around the whole world that we seize the opportunity as people of faith to embrace the opportunity, I guess, to be shaken up through this holy week and experience it and experience the joy and the stories of life and resurrection amidst everything else that's going on. So I'm going to read the lectionary reading for today, and that is from John chapter 12. And so it reads in the Common English Bible. Six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, home of Lazarus, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Lazarus and his sisters hosted a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who joined him at the table. Then Mary took an extraordinary amount, almost three-quarters of a pound, of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She anointed Jesus' feet with it, then wiped his feet dry with her hair. The house was filled with the aroma of the perfume. Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, complained, This perfume is worth a year's wages. Why wasn't it sold and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He carried the money bag and would take what was in it. Then Jesus said, Leave her alone. This perfume was to be used in preparation for my burial, and this is how she has used it. You will always have the poor among you, but you won't always have me. Many Jews learned that he was there. They came not only because of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. The chief priests decided that they would kill Lazarus too. It was because of Lazarus that many of the Jews had deserted them and come to believe in Jesus. It's a really interesting scene, and, and maybe you've heard bits and pieces of it. Maybe you've heard all of it many times. There's a lot of things happening, and it's, it's bridging this monumental moment when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead just one chapter prior and when he enters into Jerusalem to begin the process of what's going to lead to his death and then his raising and so that's coming but for now for today we just come to the table and we see that where Lazarus wasn't there uh, the empty seat from his death he's there and the celebration is appropriate to honor Jesus and what he's done and so it's Mary and Martha who seem to be in charge of the household, and they have, they're putting on this banquet in celebration of Lazarus and Jesus. And so it says that Martha serves. So we'll hang on to that. Martha serves them all. And then Mary pours this extraordinary amount of very expensive, special perfume onto the feet of Jesus and lets down her hair and wipes them dry. So we find that these two women act in this extraordinarily wonderful way. 
and they do this to honor Jesus. Uh, and then if, in the midst of this beauty and this celebration, of course, where people are gathered together, there are going to be differences in, of perspective. And, and where there's life, uh, there's always competition. And so we do this now. And, and so there are people there that are actually seeking the death of Lazarus and seeking the death of Jesus. And Judas takes great offense at this extravagant display of love that Mary uh, offers. And of course, he's just thinking about himself. And uh, so we have a lot of things at the table. We have new life and then the threat of death. We have what discipleship truly looks like through Martha and Mary. And then we have kind of anti-discipleship, which uh, is displayed by Judas. We have people that are coming to see Lazarus and Jesus and are caught up in the wonder of what God is doing. And then we have those who are competitive and greedy and prideful who are trying to figure out how to undo the work that's been done. And so we are invited to the table as well. And what's our response? You know, it's Martha and Mary, they, they do something really profound and it's almost subtle, but if you're paying attention, if you're looking for it, it can really shake things up because Jesus is about to say later in the chapter that those who serve will be his disciples. They are the ones that are now going to go and, and do the work as Jesus is exiting the scene. It's going to be the disciples who must serve as Mary serves. And so Mary is a servant and is displaying discipleship, even though it's not specifically called out and labeled as such. In just a few days, Jesus is going to wipe the feet of his disciples to extravagantly display love upon them. And here we have Mary, who hasn't seen that example, putting that kind of extravagant response on display uh, as if she's blazing the trail and pioneering the path and Jesus sort of mimics what she does. So we have two displays of discipleship that go far beyond what they're simply instructed to do. They are ahead of the game. They are doing things because they get it. And it's going to be a theme in Holy Week that the women are the ones who get it. And the women are the ones who seem to have things figured out and respond appropriately before the men. That shakes things up in this patriarchal society from which the Bible comes. And we still have hints of patriarchal society, and, and some of the hints are very loud in our own culture, and some of them are, are less. Uh, they're more subtle. But what we find is still the expectation is shaken up, and that goes for us too. So let's join on this Holy Monday. Let's join the celebration at the table and take in all that's happening and have some real conversation with ourselves and invite God to speak to us about where we're at, what we're ready for in the story of this week in our discipleship and what our motivations are and how we deal with a reality that we embrace today or that we're forced to embrace where there is life and celebration and opportunity and there's also death and tragedy and threat. And how do we walk through that in a way that is like a disciple? So let us pray and reflect on this and continue to allow Holy Week to shake us up. Bless you.